who cares about 60-40? Who cares about 70-30? We more or less are now taking an approach with our clients where we just need to figure out, like, what do you need in a safe place, whether it's bonds or something else that's going to pay you more than bonds, to get you through an entire bear market? A lot of these people are averaging $100 million in assets. Uh, you know, we've figured that that's just like a completely different universe from from, you know, us or anyone listening to the show. But there's, you know, still a, a quarter of their money is in, you know, publicly traded equities. Yep. Uh, which, like you said, is lower than than most people listening. Um, but still a pretty big stake, at least I thought. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Capitalist Investor. You got Mark in Diamond Hands, Derek. Mark, what's going on, man? What's up, brother? So... I think uh, I can't go any longer without talking about it. Have you seen the WWE Most Wanted Treasures? I have not. I saw a commercial for uh, someone was looking for Jake the Snake's either snake or a snake bag in one of the treasures. Yep. I saw that one. Yes, yeah, so I have bag. not seen any of the episodes, though. So they're good. Um, we, we talked about the biographies before, so yeah. just kind of a straight documentary. But the last two that I saw... It was Andre the Giant and Ric Flair. Yep. So it was like a combination of, you know, history about the wrestlers, but then they also go out and try to find their stuff. Yep. Uh, which was super cool um, because, you know, we're the same age, obviously. We kind of got into the wrestling kind of right before, like, the Attitude Era. Like, we, we saw the tail end of, like, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, that stuff, yep, Andre yep. the Giant. Um, so I didn't know a lot about it and Ric Flair obviously was wrestling for a long time before I really saw him, yeah, which was kind of the early nineties. So, yep. uh, anyway, Ric Flair led quite the life. He was kind of a party animal <laughs> and, and he basically lost all of his stuff. Oh, geez. Um, so they, so they, they're trying to find everything for they're him. Trying to tra- <laughs> they had to track down everything. Um, and he had the big robes. So it was a hunt for those amazing oh, robes. It's a great episode. I, I recommend everyone check it out. It's, it's a good time. The, all those WWE shows are just, they're amazing. Yeah. I don't watch WWE today. No, I don't either. <laughs> no, not interested. But all, all the stuff I remember growing up as a kid, like that's very interesting to me. Yep. Very interesting. <clears throat> but Ric Flair, man, he, <clears throat> he he's probably the greatest of all time, man, after I, I watched that episode. Just, just so good. He didn't even have a character, right? No, it was just Ric Flair. Ric Flair. They eventually <laughs> called him Nature Boy, yep. which I have no idea what that means. Yeah, they I wish I knew. <laughs> he doesn't either. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. All right. So let's shift gears into our topic for today. And what we want to talk about is what ultra high net worth investors are doing with their money. Yep. So there's this group out there, D. It's called Tiger 21. And there are what? 900 members. Um I would say across the globe. I'm assuming most of them are U.S.-based, but I think it is a global network. Um, Lots of former entrepreneurs, executives, high-octane, high-income, high-net-worth people um, where the minimum to get in is you have to show your investment statements Mm -hmm. with at least 10 million bucks in them. Right. Average invest or the average member has a hundred million in assets. So not very many people who are listening right now fall into that category. I certainly do not. Um, But 
I think it's interesting to look at where they are investing their money so that we can kind of apply that to where the, you know, the main street investors should be looking. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you gotta, you gotta consider that this is not always true. This is a complete generalization, but you know, these guys accumulated wealth. They're probably, they probably have some good advisors that are Mm -hmm. helping them family office advisors, stuff like that. So, you know, maybe you don't do exactly what they're doing, but you, you need to know what they're doing right. so you can kind of relate it to to how you can manage your million-dollar portfolio because mm-hmm. not a lot of us have $100 million. No, I'm a little short. Yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> um, so Michael Sonnenfeld is the – he's the key executive, the CEO or whatever, chairman of the group. Um, and let's just kind of go through and let's mention – let's talk about what um, these members are doing as far as public equities go, private equities – Clean energy, Bitcoin, crypto, FANG stocks. Let's just kind of go through and, and let the listeners know what these ultra high net worth investors are doing with their money. Yep, absolutely. This is a great article. It really is. Short and concise, but I think there's good tidbits to pull from it. Yeah, for you know? sure. <clears throat> so the first thing, D, is um, when you look at the first quarter, um, portfolios uh, looks like public equities went from 22% of their portfolio up to 25%. Yep. Now that's low. It All is. right. So, I mean, a lot of our main street investors have 50, 60, 70, 80% in public equities. Right. Right. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it was higher than I, that I, than I thought it was going to be. Uh, because you mentioned it, it's a, a hundred, you know, a lot of these people are averaging a hundred million dollars in assets. Uh, you know, we've, <clears throat> figure that that's just like a completely different universe from from you know us or anyone listening to the show but there's you know still a, a quarter of their money is in you know publicly traded equities yep uh which like you said is lower than than most people listening um but still a pretty big stake at least i thought correct so i mean the the thing with public equities is they are liquid mm-hmm. if if you you can sell them whenever you want in turn them into cash. Right. You may sell for a loss, okay? <laughs> but you can convert them to cash very quickly. When you have 100 million dollars, you don't need 100 million to be liquid. Right. Okay. <laughs> when you have 1 million dollars, you probably need most of that to be liquid. Right. So let's let's just st- let's pause there and reflect on that. Mm-hmm. That is the one of the big differences here is liquidity. Right. Okay. So I did find it interesting though given the the rather rich valuations that we see right now that so that the the twenty five percent number is one thing but I'm I'm more or less interested in the delta mm-hmm. going from twenty two to twenty five percent right so they've increased their allocation to the stock market mm-hmm. found that interesting given the market's already up double digits this year right okay. and you know their their basic thought on that is you know, they're they're just like everyone else just looking for yield looking for yeah. some some return because of you know what the environment that we're in very low interest rate environment that's looks like it's going to remain low for quite some time right now i i don't think it's going to remain at zero indefinitely mm-hmm. but it's going to remain low i i don't see an exorbitantly high interest rate environment anytime soon Inflation is certainly a concern, right? But I mean, you you take a look at like lumber. So everyone mm-hmm. was talking about how lumber three x or four x a month or two ago. Right, lumber's down like forty percent over the last thirty days. Mm-hmm. It has come back down to earth. It's still like double where it was a year ago. Right, but it's not 
way out of whack anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe the Fed's right. Maybe inflation is just transitory, you know? And that that's like, that's the biggest thing that, that I think people need to balance right now. Like there's three outcomes that, that could happen 12 months from today. Mm-hmm. You either see continued inflation, you go right, inflation was transitory and you go right back to a 2% environment. Mm-hmm. Or some people are concerned that maybe there's actually deflation, right? Right, Like you pulled all this demand forward and then demand falls off a cliff and that leads to falling prices and that's not good for consumers. On the surface, you'd think it sounds good, but if you could buy a car today for 60 grand and you know next month it's going to be 52,000, why would you buy it today? Exactly. So no one ever buys anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Big problem. Big problem. Leads to a very heavy recession. <laughs> Um, all right, so shifting gears then into their private investments. Private investments went down, so I, I can't find that number. It went. It was at twenty six and went down to twenty two percent. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Um, and, and that's a high percentage too to be at twenty to twenty six percent in right. that range. Mm-hmm. I know for our higher net worth clients, so typically you know they have to be over a million, mm-hmm. and we're typically talking you know three, four, five million, mm-hmm. we start to layer in some private investments, yep. right? I mean, that's where we start to, to kind of build those in um, because they can, they can forego some liquidity on a small percentage of their investments. Yep, absolutely. Right. And I think this article was great, uh, not that we were really looking for it, but um, definitely proved, that, proved the point that, that we were making with a lot of our uh, higher net worth clients because we have been getting them into similar things. Um, I think the biggest two right now are probably, you know, the traditional private equity um, and direct real estate. Yep. Um, and direct real estate in this environment, the the low interest rate environment, you know, high net worth people, you know, whether it's two and a half million or a hundred million, they're still looking for that yield. And when yield is low and the bond market is not looking too good, especially as interest rates will rise in the future. Um, private real estate that pays a nice steady yield uh, every quarter really makes a lot of sense for some people's portfolio in that range when well, they can forego the the uh, liquidity need. Plus, if you think about it, like we obviously have a lot of business owner clients. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes they, as part of their business, they owned a warehouse or a small office building. They they owned some real estate. Mm-hmm. And even after they sell their business, they oftentimes maintain that piece of property, yep. right? So they, they have direct experience with it. And D, as you mentioned, um, the stat right here, Tiger 21's members, when it comes to the so-called risk assets, so that's basically... You got private equity, which is stocks. I'm sorry, private equity, which is like businesses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Public equity, which is stocks and real estate is now close to 80% of their portfolio. Right. Like they don't want to touch bonds. Mm -hmm. Bonds get you nothing. Right. Especially if rates are going up, then you're, and and you decide to sell them, you're going to take a bath. Yep. And, And for people out there listening, you know, we're not saying, hey, sell all of your bonds right now. It's a, um, it still serves a purpose in someone's balanced portfolio, um, but for someone in this range, you know, the high net worth range, 
Um, it's just not the same as it used to be, like we're talking about. You know, probably when we first got into this business, it was a, a 60 40 allocation. Forget about it, you know, go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and that 40% in bonds was earning you, you know, we're talking 5%. Yeah, yeah. The beginning of the, uh, the 2000s, five, six, seven, eight percent. Yeah. You know, you get that in your sleep. Yeah. Um, that's we're, we're just not there anymore. And that, we're, we're that's not. why we're going through these articles because we have yeah. to find it. And, and that's why we've backed off. And we've done shows on this. Like, mm-hmm. who cares about 60-40? Who cares about 70-30? Um, we more or less are now taking an approach with our clients where we just need to figure out, like, what do you need in a safe place, whether it's bonds or something else that's going to pay you more than bonds, to get you through an entire bear market? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have three and a half to four years somewhere safer, you can really invest the rest, in right. my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Um, no Monte Carlo simulation is going to back that up because the the financial plans are not smart enough to realize mm-hmm. when the market's down 30%, you're not going to pull from the stocks. You're going to pull from the safe place. Right. So, you know, that's a, that's one crystal clear issue as it relates to financial planning. Absolutely. That, For that's, sure. that's where human advisors, <laughs> I think I might know a few, come in handy, right? For, where For we sure. can come up with strategies like that. Um. All right, continuing to move on. They own a lot of the big tech names, the Fang names, NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. Um, but D, they also mention uh, they are getting into clean energy. Yep. So, you know, Tesla, Lucid Motors. I didn't see much like, you know, um, like solar plays or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're focusing more on the EV market. Yep, exactly. You know, um, which is the future, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um but I think it's 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 going to be a long process. Yep. Unless you're California, <laughs> you see. <laughs> Sorry, this is completely off. Well, not completely off topic, but basically, you know, California making the big push towards you know everyone having an electric car, but their power grid can't support the you know the both the air conditioners and charging your your EVs. Um, so they basically said, hey, make sure that you're fully charged at all times because we may shut the power off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's not good because um, typically you charge overnight. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Um, what's wrong with clean natural gas? Like, I don't I, know, man. It's clean. Yeah. So I mean, we we've got what do we own? Uh, LNG, um, and I one we just did a show on on meme stocks, but CLNE Clean Energies mm-hmm. that's like a, a clean natural gas play that the Reddit investors are are pumping right now. I don't see what's wrong with natural gas. Like yeah. I think, I think you need from an energy standpoint, you need to have a hybrid approach for the foreseeable future, Absolutely. maybe permanently, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you can't power Cleveland, Ohio through solar. No, it, we don't see the sun for five months. Yeah, I, I looked into that actually for my home and they basically said, no, yeah, <laughs> no way. Are, it's are a waste you, of your time and money. Yeah. Cause you just won't get the energy that you need yeah, for, the, gonna, for the cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Last thing we want to touch on crypto interest is rising. Yep. Now it's rising at a time when crypto, uh, isn't looking too hot. You know, crypto has been very volatile. Bitcoin's kind of been in that 30 to 40,000 range. It Mm -hmm. broke above 40,000 and couldn't hold. It broke below 30,000 and came right back up into that range, which is weird because typically when you see those, those strong technical levels break, something different happens, right? but it broke on both sides of that technical range. And 
nothing happened. It's right back in that technical range, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so the, we've been saying this for a long time, D and, and this is something we recommend to our clients who want to get into crypto. Now we do not automatically throw crypto in our client's strategies, mm -hmm. But for our clients who are interested, we figure out how much they can tolerate, right? Mm -hmm. Is it 1%, 3%, 5%? Own enough that if it goes to zero, you're going to be fine. Right. <clears throat> but if Amazon starts accepting Bitcoin payments tomorrow and Bitcoin starts trading at 250000 a coin, you're going to be very happy. Right. And, and I guess these guys at Tiger 21, they will be buying a private island <laughs> with that money. It's, it's Me, nice. not so much. I might, I'll take a nice vacation. <laughs> It's, it's nice to know that these guys and, and girls with a uh, hundred million dollars, uh, they have uh, fear of missing out just like everyone else and, and me. <laughs> Makes me feel better. Makes me feel better. Because if, if we're being real honest, most of my crypto plays are, are solely me being afraid of missing out on, on that next 10x. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't I, – how – if I knew somebody who all of a sudden had, had amassed 25 million in wealth from owning Bitcoin and Ethereum and mm. I was on the sidelines that entire time, that hurts. Yeah, I'd be I, mad. It hurts a lot. <laughs> for a long time. I'd cry myself to sleep for a long time just because of that. Yeah. I think I'd cry myself to sleep more doing that than if it than owning it and watching it go to zero. Absolutely. To be honest with 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. That's kind of a good, that's an interesting way to look at mm -hmm. it, right? Yep. The fear of missing out <laughs> is more painful than the than the fear of it going to zero. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. Yep. It's crazy. Absolutely. All right, man. That wraps up today's episode. Hope you learned something about how these uh, hundred millionaires uh, are investing their money. Obviously, I don't think you should do exactly what they're doing, um, but it is very interesting nonetheless. So as always, thanks for joining us. Shoot us an email at info at swpconnect.com. Write us a five-star review. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your buddies. And we can keep, uh, keep talking to you week after week and giving you good stuff, uh, good information, and, and, and hit on some timely events and keep you interested. So as always, we appreciate it. Talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in the podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any investment, legal, financial, or tax strategy. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. Please consult a qualified professional about your individual needs.